calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover. And you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Oh, what a day, for many reasons, <laughs> and soon they'll all be revealed. I am Simon Cardi, with me this week, Matt Perslow. Hello, how you doing, Cousin Oat? Cousin Oats, <laughs> yeah. awful, awful Cousin, cousin Oats, Oats. I We've only got two of the Flapjack boys today, but that's because we've got not one, but two special guests this week. That's right, it's a four-person pod, because it's Mass Effect Day, and who else would we ask... For this podcast to include on Mass Effect Day, then GameSpot's Lucy James. Hello. And GameSpot's Tamar Hussein. I would like to be an honorary flapjack boy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what, what do you want? What sort of flapjack do you like? Do you like any toppings on it? Oh, I like the ones with cherries in them. Oh, so mm. you can be, you can be another. You can be cousin Cherry or Uncle oh. Cherry. Oh, Uncle Cherry sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uncle Cherry. I'll have your cherries. <laughs> well, that, that sounds, sounds awful. awful. <laughs> Welcome to more. Um, do you want to be part of the Flapjack clan, Lucy, or are you yeah, okay I being do. out of this? I do. Uh, but, you know, I, I just like a, a kind of a plain Flapjack, you know, just the clan. Plain James, that's no. what you are. See, that's why I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> uh, anyway, like I said, it's Mass Effect Day. Mass Effect, the Legendary Edition, is out. Um, I, for one, Simon, am excited. technically November 7th is Mass Effect Day. Please correct yourself. No, <laughs> today is Mass Effect Day because it's out, the trilogy remastered. I've been waiting to play these games for over 10 years now. Multiple could have just played them in that time, really. <laughs> I could have done them. A lot of things turned up, you know, had other things to do. Been busy. Um, excuses, reasons, life. I, um, I understand. Yeah, but... All three of you are, dare I say it, huge Mass Effect fans. That's right. It, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. That's correct. People have said. I was waiting for one of you to disagree and be like, well, this has ruined everything. No. Um, <laughs> let's just go through, let's just get into Mass Effect. Why don't you tell us why these games are so special? For someone like me, who is barely two hours into them. I was going to say, so where, where are you up to? That'll kind of help you. I have 
Without spoiling anything for anyone, I have just met and got Tali into mm-hmm. my squad. Okay, so... So uh, I'm like two or three hours in. You haven't got anyone else? I've got Garrus and I've got Rex. Oh, okay, good. You've got you've got I've, the lads. Yeah, I've got yeah. Garrus and Rex. They're my, they're my boys at the moment. I like them. Yeah. Tango yeah. and Cash, as I like to call them. Yeah. <laughs> Butch Big Cassidy fan of the Elcors. and Sundance yeah. Kid. Yeah. I um, texted last night to say I'm a big fan of how 80% of the aliens in this game, at least so far, are just grumpy, and I like it. I, I vibe with them a lot. There's yeah. actually law reasons as to why they're all grumpy <laughs> to humans. Well, we're not going too far into that today. Let's go surface level. Mm. Uh, Don't want to. Can we not break down the first contact? Like, this <laughs> important details here, Cardi. Yeah, well, exactly. go on then. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to sit back. You guys talk about Mass Effect. <laughs> okay, so- Reaper indoctrination is an insidious <laughs> means of corrupting organic minds. I, what I'm asking is, someone who, from the outside, has loved the look of these games right. and never done them before. Mm. Mm-hmm. What is it that makes people, like, people obsess and love these games? And in particular, I think the one thing that always stands out is the characters. Characters, yeah. And I think as well, one of the things that Bioware does really, really well is... Uh, setting up their world to be believable to have these rules to have specifically this law and so when you are dumped in there you know you're dumped in as commander shepherd and it's like the galaxy's on edge and you'll mm-hmm. you sort of know a bit why but as you kind of talk to everyone you kind of un- uncover everything and there's this huge long history all of these races who are kind of working together but also simultaneously at each other's throats and backstabbing each other and it just provides this like incredible, pl- like incredible universe to tell stories into. And the stories that they tell are, you know, there is the hard hitting end of the galaxy stuff. But then they have the more quote unquote human side stories with your squad mates, most of whom aren't human. But like you get to go on little dates with them. You get to hang out with them, help them solve problems and get to know them as characters. So basically they just set up an incredible space and just tell amazing stories in it. And at the time, if you think about when Mass Effect came out, yes, there had been KOTOR, uh, yes, there had been similar games, but it was the choice and consequence that was like really honed in. Like the fact that sometimes people can die, sometimes you can make a decision that will have like rippling effects throughout the galaxy, and then at the same time, you could shag aliens, you know, just... Never Let's be honest, that's mainly why you love it. That's or true. Smash Effect, is it? <laughs> I was going with Ass Effect, yeah. but you know, they're both yeah. they're both good. They've oh, removed um, a bit of the ass from yeah. Legendary they've, Edition. They've also um, kind of... Matri- yeah, Matriarch Matri- Yeah, she's... I mean, she's still, she's still out there, so to speak, but they have changed one of the shots. Like, I think the, her introduction shot is very... You can't tell this is an audio podcast that I'm making hand gestures with. Um, yeah. But you're grabbing two coconuts. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, mainly it's, it's a horny space adventure, isn't it? Let's but it's be not that... Oh, well, 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 no, no, no. This is gentle. It's gentle Look, and loving. You brought it up before me. On the list of, like, three points I heard so far where characters are good, there's there's good like end of the galaxy stuff and then three you can you can smash aliens that is the third point that came up (laughs) so it's it's one of those game series that like a persona for example you know Mm -hmm. you kind of build your team and your squad over time and you go through so much with them that you genuinely feel sad when they're not around anymore like i will i will actively seek out going to see uh 
like Rex after a mission or Samara or Garrus, obviously. Um, and you know, whereas some games, like even Dragon Age Inquisition and, uh, other Dragon Age Origins and two, I wouldn't be doing that with all of them. But yeah. I mean, I did have it in my head. It was a very, um, bear in mind, I'm only two or three hours in, but it's not, a, you have like an opening mission where you do a little bit of shooting, but yeah. the action, it's not a very action heavy opening at all. I've spent, I spent two hours last night just walking around the Citadel, talking to people, doing like little odd jobs. Like I didn't realize there was that much walking around talking to people almost like adventure game to it i i had it in my head it was you have this base and then you go off and you do like an hour of shooting you come back and you do another hour of shooting like it's much more yeah walking around talking to people getting to know people than i thought it was one of the things you have to remember on this is obviously mass effect is effectively kind of like the step up from kotor and kotor was obviously like this star wars rpg but KOTOR is built on the fundamental building blocks of Dungeons & Dragons. It like literally uses the D&D rule set. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the lineage of Mass Effect is actually just science fiction D&D. So it's not an action game. It is, especially that first game, is very much fundamentally an RPG. Mm. And it does, as the story... I think the interesting thing about the arc of Mass Effect is naturally the stakes of the, of the combat increase over time. And the the games become more action orientated over time. Like Mass Effect Two is very much about where things are kicking off. It's not about the po- politics are obviously still super important, but things are becoming much more conflict orientated. And so they tune the the engine to that, so you get a much better combat engine out of it. But yeah, that first game you are going to find like all of that story stuff carries on through. But I think certainly the first game very much about just existing in that world more so than it being a combat simulator yeah and that D lineage is part of oh it's entirely why what lucy mentioned where they need to have the rules established and they can't they can't be breakable and they also need to have the complex dynamics um laid out already you can't make that up as you go along to a degree so that's why this first game i mean that's why this franchise is amazing it's like as when it comes to games where you know a lot of people come to it for escapism or virtual tourism or kind of like even narratives that teach them a little bit about themselves and other people that's what this franchise is like especially if you're coming at it right now as a newcomer you've got three games and in my in my eyes anyway it's for me my favorite sci-fi universe that exists Mm -hmm. um and that is just such an exciting prospect like you've got like the uh, we're always seeking out a, a universe to get lost in a world to get lost in and get obsessed by and you've got one here now for everyone that mm-hmm. has passed and stood the test of time um to for the most part like obviously there's some quarrels about the ending um which i thought was kind of not a major deal for me mm-hmm. the the journey was more important for me but that is why that franchise is so exciting and like when we when you messaged us yesterday and we're like oh i like the uh, you know i'm enjoying the first two hours of the chatting and stuff mm-hmm. i was like in my mind i was thinking you've not even got to the good stuff like yeah. you are yeah. you are nowhere near that like it's weird to say like wait till you get to mass effect 2 because that's <laughs> when that's when your obsession with characters really ratchets up i think it's the same for most people but mm-hmm. That's when they, like, that is, Bioware Mass Effect 2 is some of the most confident writing and characterization I've ever seen in a video game. And it's just, like, just perfect lines left, right, and center. Conversations that are, like, profound and amazing that you will be quoting for years to come. So, yeah, that's why that's why Mass Effect I, is just the bomb. Yeah, I, I can't wait to get that. I, like, 
I can, it's already got its claws in me. Like I put it on last night. I was like, oh, maybe I'll do half an hour, an hour, just a fancy playing a little bit, especially ahead of this. I ended up playing like three hours. I was just like, the, the time just went by. I was like, because it does that really good thing. It's like you go talk to someone. It's like, okay, I'll stop after I talk to this person. But then it gave me something to do from them where I was like, oh, I kind of want to do that now. Yeah. And then I don't want to do that. And then I want to do that. And you know, for a game that's what, it's 14 years old now. I think the first one's 2007. Yeah. I think yep. it says mm-hmm. in the credits. Um, like it does, it looks, I know it's the first one especially has been tooled up quite a bit. Like mm-hmm. it, it looks all right. Like some of the face models and textures, like, yeah, look a bit off. But the actual like world, like the environments, the water's very nice. It's all shiny. Like it doesn't look like that older game. The shooting does feel a little bit old, but at the same time, I don't mind that. I'm not in, t- I'm not playing this game for like a great shooter experience personally. Like it, it works well enough and I kind of like that it's not too challenging. It, it yeah. might get challenging later on. I don't know. But, um, well, they used to have, like, I mean, speaking of like, trouble. yeah, speaking of like the D&D lineage, the way that weapons used to work is that per class you could only use specific weapons. And if you tried to use other weapons, you would just completely whiff it. Like you would have mm-hmm. no skill points in it and you couldn't train in them. Whereas now you can play, you can play with anything. And that to me has been such a meaningful change because now I'm Vanguard who just snipes and then goes in and just, like, demolishes people at short range, too. And it's changed the way I feel and about the combat because it was always janky. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think, like, original Mass Effect, especially when you get to the Mako, which is this sort of uh, vehicle you can drive around on terrain, that's still janky. But seeing the way that they've tooled it up and just kind of taken on board, it's like, ah, you know, tastes change players change and so i'm excited to see because i know they'll have made smaller tweaks to two and three because across the the trilogy two obviously way more action oriented and then three is when i think the combat just really came together and in terms of like being more of an action focused game so i'm excited to see how they've how they've tweaked those Mm-hmm. Frisbee grenade, still. Frisbee what grenade. Doing. What are you grenade. doing, Bioware? Get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to say, I've, I use those a few times. I was like, the first time I used it, I was like, this is cool. Every other time I've used it, I'm like, why can't I detonate this when I want to? Yeah. Like, <laughs> World's most um, powerful melee as well. You can detonate it when you want to. Just press the button again. That's what they. I did, though, but I tried to do it straight away and it just wouldn't do it. Like, maybe you have to. Oh, like, yeah, you can't do it in your own way. I was going to say, yeah. I, I yeah. kept, I just I kept, myself up. the main issue I had was like, I couldn't find the sheath your weapon button, so I kept like shooting up the Normandy by accident. What? Touchpad! <laughs> I didn't try the touchpad for ages. And I was that like standing thing. in front yeah. of like Caden, I would just be like, BAM! <laughs> the like, the oh. mapping of the buttons is something that feels very old to me, like having X for sprint is something that's doing my head in, mm. and like, because I keep pushing in L3, but that's crouch, and I expect that to be sprint. It's weird to me that there is no button removing. There's not even anywhere in the options I can see that actually shows you the button layout. Like, you can't find it anywhere. I'd have, I had to search on the internet to see what the button layout I, Yeah, I don't think was. it's integrated. I've not tried from the main, main menu, like the, yeah. the overall menu, but from the at least the Mass Effect 1 menu, there's not a button mapping. Uh, here's what everything does. They kind of introduce you to it, and then they're just like, well, if you weren't looking at the screen when that tooltip was up, good luck to you. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm really enjoying it so far. I've, I know I've barely seen any of it, and I've, the best is to come, but so, for someone like me... Mm. Who is this? Is their first time of Mass Effect? Have you got any hot tips? Anything? Not you know necessarily like oh here's who you, who you should be spending so, your time with because that's everyone's choice. But like, is there like skills that are very useful or ways you should be playing the game? I'll let the other talk about skills. But my biggest tip is don't be tempted to press a button while someone is make talking dialogue 
especially if they're wrapping up their sentences, and especially if it's a short sentence. Because mm-hmm. if you do that thing where I get sometimes impatient, where I'm like, I'm going to press the button to see what my um, my uh, dialogue options will be to bring up the wheel, but the sentence is so short that it registers it as an input, and you accidentally say something yeah. instead yeah, of I've like. Definitely do- I've definitely do that. done. I've definitely done that. Luckily, the only time I did it was to say goodbye accidentally. I didn't like pick a choice yeah. or anything. Like so. early in the early in the game, you just get an abrupt "I should go," but in Mass Effect two and three, that could be the uh, real bad moment for you. Just be careful. <laughs> Uh, my biggest piece of advice is commit to either charm or uh, intimidate in Mass Effect 1. It's less... Uh, you can... I mean, Shades of Grey are kind of easier in ME 2 and 3, but definitely commit to 1. And I, mm-hmm. I won't tell you why. but It's, it's super it's important. It's very right? important. Yeah. And my first <laughs> I, playthrough, fully, I didn't. <laughs> and yeah, you I'm mean, fully you mean, committed to charm and paragon. That's, you, I'm a full yeah. paragon mm-hmm. boy. You mean specifically in conversations, right? Not like just and in, and in, points in, and in points and, and in skill more, points, but like conversations yeah. is super important. Though, yeah. Have they sure. fixed that for legendary? So they fixed that, that specific choice that that builds up to. I don't mm. know. I haven't got there yet. I don't think so. I think it's the same. Mm. But they did. I mean, in terms of stuff they fixed that I kind of discovered last night and was a little bit over the moon about was they fixed the achievements and trophies. So. It previously, you used to have to do, I think it was like three playthroughs to get all the trophies and achievements. Well, not trophies because it wasn't on PlayStation, all the achievements. Um, because you used to have to play the majority of the game with certain squad mates. And now they've changed that to just do five missions. So I've already got that trophy for Garrus, Rex, and Tally, and I've barely left the Citadel. So for your, all you trophy and achievement highs. Mm-hmm. They did it. The mad lads, they've done it. <laughs> this was actually a big question I had about when choosing your squad. Like, um, mm. like before, obviously, before a mission, like, I guess before a mission, you get to choose who comes with you. Mm-hmm. Should you always be sticking with the same team or should you be mixing up all the time? And does it, like, matter if, like, you constantly just pick the two same people? Like- it doesn't matter. I mean, there are, uh, if, for example, definitely in two and three, if you take specific squad mates to specific planets, uh, you mm-hmm. get kind of fun dialogue. I typically will always have Garrus with me and then just usually a tech or a biotic. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I kind of, I kind of use the, the squad to, m- to make up for the skills that I don't have. So I'm like a strong biotics. I don't have tech skills. So typically tally. So I, I'm a full soldier. I'm just guns, guns, guns. Yeah, and that is definitely... (laughs) You know me. Definitely take a tech and a biotic. Um, Tech as well, because it's still kind of annoying where it's like you find on uh, planets, you find sort of scrap and salvage, and if you can't, you can't decrypt it because your tech is too low, Mm -hmm. and that's always... Yeah. I will say, I imagine, I can see when playing this game that back in the day, the loading times must have been an absolute nightmare because the amount of loading screens just going through like elevators and go in like fast travel in on this luckily i'm playing on the ps5 it's near instant so (laughs) like that's that's a pleasure but i can imagine that would have been quite painful so i'm glad i almost didn't play it back then i was gonna say but maybe it wouldn't have been as big an issue because well it became a meme it was a meme because it usually what they would do is they would hide loading screens with elevators and so that that little jaunty music i don't know has become ingrained in so many of our hearts because it just represents like going around pain. the citadel and pain 
Matt, have you got any hot tips for those Mass Effects beginners out I, there? Like, I think it just kind of links back to what we were talking about characters. It's just put as much time into talking to people as you do to active gameplay. And I think it, it becomes slightly more of a, a thing that you do in Mass Effect 2, but you'll always like you'll go on a mission and then you'll come back to the ship. And then you just get that opportunity where you don't have to start a new mission yet. You can go around and just speak to every single person on the ship. And that should always become your port of call. Like, you will always get this bit where you go and you hope that Garrus has got something to say to you because Garrus is bae. Um, and <laughs> he's, yeah, he's just calibrating. And he's always and he's like, say something different other than calibrating, please. But yeah, kind of like generally after a mission, everybody's got something to reflect on and there will always normally be at least one person that has something like really important to their storyline that they want to talk about that has come out because of that mission. And this is why you get to the point where when I played Mass Effect 3, I spent most of my time crying through that game yeah. because almost every mission is about the fact that something is coming to an end for someone on your team. And there are characters by that point that you have known for either one or two games and like fairly chunky games. And mm -hmm. by putting in the effort from the moment you start it's going to pay off in three because it is a trilogy it's one story and there are just moments towards the end of three that like all of that effort that you put in will pay off nice i i do like garris a lot i'm not gonna I, he's the name i've heard the most like out like not playing mass Effect. that is the name garris Sakarian i've heard yeah, on yeah so I've overrated wait till you meet my yeah. boy i like i like garris he seems cool for me at the moment though, if I had to pick one, I think Rex. I like yeah. Rex. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's not that's not a uh, that's not a left field pick. Rex is a, a favourite amongst a lot of people. Yeah. Like and he continues to be he's great. Krogans are great, man. Yeah. Little little camel lads. Just <laughs> I just around. find Tali seems cool as well. I just find the humans a bit dull. I think yeah. actually I, I don't particularly like Yeah, actually so and Caden they're very Caden just seems dull. Just a dull. Caden's a bit of a wet blanket. Yeah. yeah, Anderson. Like one of the things that you mentioned about human, Anderson really needs to moisturize. Like every time he's on screen, I'm like, "You are a crusty looking dude, man. What are you doing?" Um, yeah, yeah. But, I I can't wait to play more of this game. Maybe at some point, do a spoiler cast or something. Fifteen years too late. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, I'm I can't wait to play this game. Tom, you going? I was going to say like, are you are you like? are you getting the vibe of it like the feel because it's mm -hmm. kind of different now because back in when it first released they were they went much harder in it being like a sci-fi having a sci-fi aesthetic and vibe like it was film grained all over the place and they've like really pulled back on the film grain effect um and like the is it who's doing the music for this it's not is it clint Mansell? no is it clint Mansell? is it uh like, jack wall is, is it? it jack wall still okay yeah um yeah and like the the whole bleepy bloopy soundtrack um are you getting the are you getting a distinct sci-fi like feeling out of it yeah I, i'm quite into it i feel like i'm in a very sci-fi set especially in the citadel it feels very like it definitely feels very 2007 like it's quite empty you know it's not mm. there's not a lot of stuff going on but i'm definitely getting a sense of place and like like instantly like only a couple hours in like I get a sense of what this world is, who the races right. are. Like, I've been doing a lot of reading, to be fair. I've been reading all the history stuff and asking about their culture and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. they yeah. do do it. Like, that world building is, like... I know I'm only early in, but it seems pretty much second to none. Like, it, yeah. within a couple of hours, knowing what's going on. My concern the, was maybe it would be, like, 
like because back when it first released it was almost like 90 sci-fi and it was like mm. we were kind of engaging in a little bit of nostalgia my worry was like all these years removed that might not hit um but it seems like it's doing all right it Sorry, does I, remind I me of that, that. so it does remind me of that star trek the first chris pine star trek film in a way but i kind of like that film so So at the time the presentation like battlestar galactica was so huge when in 2007 and so many of those camera angles feel like ripped from a sci-fi show it was the first rpg i'd ever played that filmed conversations as if they were filmed on a on like a tv set rather than like Mm-hmm. You just have two characters on either side of the screen and then there's some dialogue at the bottom. Like, so much of it was ripped from sci-fi's yeah. way of filming shows. But then you can see there's then like there's a cyclical nature to it because then people from Battlestar Galactica ended up being in two and three. Mm-hmm. And then you get things like The Expanse, which I've been watching recently, which is just this incredible mashup of Mass Effect and Battlestar. Like there are some characters that are pretty much one for one. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and also just you know like the background of it you know Expanse has its own Protheans and I mean obviously sci-fi tropes and stuff but you can't help but feel like I, I feel like they've played those games and kind of fit into it just remembered another tip read the codex in Mass Effect 1 mm. that was that's one of my strongest memories one day I was like you know what I'm going to read all these codex just today and it was the best day of my life I just <laughs> sat there like reading these little di- not little, little lore dumps for hours and hours on end and it's so good yeah I'm, I can't wait to play more uh, if you're playing Mass Effect for the first time let us know what you're thinking uh, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com or if you love Mass Effect why don't you tell us why without any spoilers though not just for me but for other people you know don't don't be like that you know just don't do it tell us who uh, you enjoyed smashing oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you are i'm here rot. to ruin your email inbox <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna start sending in all these emails aren't you you have 10 from you send next in, week send in some of my finest deviant art fan artwork <laughs> Um, another game, well, it's not another game that came out this week, but Apex Legends, well, it's kind of a new game because they added a whole new mode that feels like a game in its own right, to be fair. Apex Arenas is a 3v3 Valorant-esque mode. It's kind of like Valorant meets Call of Duty's gunfight. Mm. Um, me and Matt played a little bit last night. Me and Tam played a little bit the other day. Lucy doesn't want to play with me. So. I'm working weird hours. <laughs> and I'm sorry, and it kills me because you text me and I feel like... I feel like a bad mother just saying, no, I'm too busy to play with you. But it's like, at the minute, like, I really want to try Apex. I want to, because we do the uh, the PS5 share thing. So when Cardi's playing Bloodborne, Tam and I would kind of pop in and watch. And I really want to watch you and talk to you while you're playing Mass Effect. But people keep putting meetings on my calendar at 8 oh. p.m. And yeah. some people want to do podcasts before you've even started work as well. That's fine. Mm. That's fine. This know. is fun. Uh, but anyway... Apex, why don't we tell you all about tell Apex? Me about, tell me about it, because I haven't played Apex since we went through a little phase of it last summer, so I mm-hmm. am very out of the loop. But me too, Like I haven't played in like a year, and there's like four new characters have dropped since then, mm-hmm. so I can't really speak to those much. But I can speak about Arenas, which so far I think is very fun. I have some issues with it. Like It's not my favourite of those 3v3 modes to play. I really enjoy Gunfight, mm-hmm. and to a certain extent, I almost see a, a round of Rainbow Six Siege like that in a way. Five v five, like it's, it's you know, there's objective based, but it's mainly who kills each other first. Like 
but I think I was talking to Matt about this last night. The reason I enjoy those modes so much is the time to kill is so short. Like one shot headshot. Like you feel like that high level of skill, and not that like Apex has a high level of skill as well. But the main issue, and it's the main issue I've always had with Apex in general, is the fights are too long. Like armor is too. There's too much armor on characters. Mm-hmm. Like you're not getting. Like in Gunfight or Siege, you can have those incredible like one free one versus three or four or five moments where you can come back and feel like you're clutching it yourself. In Apex, it's so hard to like even win a two on one fight because the amount of you have to put like two whole clips into someone mm-hmm. to get them down. Like the other person is just going to kill you. So that's my main issue with it. But all the good stuff is it's got respawn game gunplay in it mm-hmm. and all the abilities of all those incredible characters some of which I'm seeing for the first time like Valkyrie with her jetpack which I don't know if either of you have played with Valkyrie yet yeah I had a switcheroo with her last night I only I haven't played with her in um, arenas yet I've only played with her in Battle Royale but yeah she's good like she's a very much a character built around that jetpack mm. kind of toolkit mm-hmm. but um, it's obviously it's got the timeful throwback so that's kind of like warm and fuzzy yeah. feeling about that um, but the jetpack works really well. It's super loud, so the moment you hear one go off, you know that there's a Valkyrie near you, mm-hmm. or you know that everybody around you is going to be alerted. But you've got missile swarm pods on your shoulders that you can fire while you're flying, which is very, very cool. Um, but yeah, obviously, so much of Apex is actually more about the guns than it is about the unique character abilities. Mm-hmm. That like It's very, very good at balancing that. So aside from being able to get very high and then drop a load of missiles that stun as well so there's kind of a little bit of status effect in there but other than that she does like play pretty much like every other character i feel like she's like whenever i've faced her in arenas she seems quite useful not not because not really because she's too powerful or anything but she's just such a great distraction because you see her up in the air you can't ignore her you have to kind of shoot her but then as you're looking up you can't really see around you so someone else on the floor is just Mm. gonna kill you like it's to have a character that one character that can fly in a 3v3 mode is quite powerful the other thing is is her ultimate when you fire up it's basically so it's it's much more useful in the battle royale because what she does is she can latch on to the two squad mates and fire you back up into the sky so you can do a redeploy but while you're going up she gets the titanfall hud which identifies where every other enemy is on the map so when you go up you can just find out where because that 3v3 mode i think is a lot more about like hiding and finding like a good flanking route mm-hmm. you just fire yourself up figure out where they are land on them and shoot a swarm that, missile that at seems them like a very powerful ability well, i mean you have to buy them don't you in yeah. the 3v3 yeah, mode yeah. because it's got even the battle battle royale, like that seems very powerful like to see yeah. everyone Dude, just yeah. give her all your ultimate accelerants and just be yeah. like yeah you're in charge of finding everyone does that kind of, i suppose it doesn't make bloodhound redundant but is it a better version of what bloodhound can do i suppose the thing is is like bloodhound can do it from the ground where when they do it like not everybody's necessarily giving me alert to it if you fire off a uh, valkyrie's ultimate fucking everybody <laughs> knows where you are because you turn into a rocket ship mm-hmm. that's cool though isn't it yeah, i want to be a very rocket cool ship. <laughs> Uh, Tam, what have you been thinking of arenas? I've been enjoying. I played a bit of it. Like we played, what was it on a weekend? Like for like maybe I think an we hour? played like an hour of blessing. Oh yeah, an night. hour of blessing. Yeah, um, and yeah, I liked it. I think the issue that I have is the same one that you mentioned, where that time to kill in a in a one v one scenario is really high, and then anything outside of a one v one scenario, you might as well give up. And I always feel like 
enemies because of that the feeling i have is the enemies take way longer to go down than i feel like i go down like i feel like yeah. i go like a a stiff breeze will take me out in in apex <laughs> whereas where i'm like shooting entire clips at enemies and and it's doing nothing that's what it feels like even though i know it's balanced to be basically the same thing there's something about the feeling of the game um but yeah, I do enjoy that setup a bit more just because the battle royale is a lot of fun, but then you can have those scenarios where you're like running around for 10 minutes collecting stuff and then you meet someone and they just wipe your squad in five seconds and you're like, wow, those 15 minutes have all gone to waste and, and you start thinking about your life choices and, and like that kind of stuff. I know but it is, yeah, the, the yeah. 3v3 is way more, I like it and I, I feel like, like Lucy, you haven't played it yet, but you'll probably get more enjoyment out of it because mm. the frustration of the standard battle royale is that that loop of i spent so long preparing for a fight and i didn't last in the fight long enough and now i have to go back to preparing for a fight yeah it takes that out so chances are you you are still going to get killed but the time for you to get back in an engagement is way quicker mm. um so it is fun that's, in that. that's ultimately why i moved from apex to warzone just because you get a lot more kills you get a lot more action i just it's more it's more my sort of time to kill yeah. time so to speak yeah mate in, I, i've I've, I've been like enjoying that kind of mode like i've i've got really into valorant recently like i'm just spending a lot of my time playing currently spike russian valorant to just get my aim better before i play and then i'll try the uh the standard mode a little now and then when i'm playing with other people but these these i know you described them as a valorant like modes um but to me they counter strike modes because that's the game that i yeah. grew up playing on um i'm kind of falling back into them now which is an exciting feeling because they are not only some of my fondest memories of playing games but they were the like most intense gaming i did and it was when i got real good at games as well so i was like playing counter strike non-stop being getting good at that and playing fighting games at a super high level and and now it's like i feel like one i'm scratching that itch again but also also it's kind of a downer because i'm realizing that i'm old and my reaction times <laughs> suck now and and like my brain can't move as quick as it used to but yeah i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying that 3v3 mode in apex but if you asked me whether i'm gonna turn on apex or valorant i'm going to valorant every time unless one of you know you lot is like let's play some apex i'll be down mm -hmm. for that it's all about friendship at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't know why. I don't know why you think that it's <laughs> yeah, a good but... idea to to have other people watching you play and talking over Mass Effect. It's, that is mad. Like, every time you see talking over the top, just like. I just, I just want to see what he's. That sounds weird. I just want to see what he's up to. I just want to see what he's. I'm down for that. But like, I was thinking about this while you said it. I was like, I can barely. Like, sometimes I, I have to like, will myself to focus on what characters are oh, saying. Right. If someone I else can... was talking, I'd be like, Shut I'm up. quite good at like listening and talking and reading at the same time. I, um, I can't. I can read and do it at the same time, but I can't. Like, I can read and listen at the same time to something else because like I just like kind mm -hmm. of look at it and like yeah, yeah. Right. but i think i think when something like mass effect or it's something i've played so many times it's better but i think if it yeah. was a game that i wasn't as familiar with i would be it's fine we'd we'd chat during the fighting sections and then oh, like okay, chill okay. out yeah, during no, the talking no, no, sections no, 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 no. you know mix it up bit of this bit of that that's how life is lived when you're part of the flapjack uh squad uncle cherry was is there <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Is Uncle Cherry in Mass Effect? It sounds like a character that could oh, appear. Oh, yeah. He's a reaper. <laughs> Likes to reap the cherries. 
Oh, God, what, what's going on here? No this is unlike you, and I don't like it. This is, uh, this is, I'm creating a character for my IGN wiki entry. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we move on to something a whole lot more wholesome? Yeah. Uh, Matt, you have watched Mitchell versus The Machines, a yeah. new animated film. <laughs> From 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 Sony Sony Pictures Animation, mm-hmm. so it's a Lord Miller one. Have any of you guys watched it? I really really want to. Oh yeah, I, I want really I see want nothing to. but like praise for it. Yeah. Me too. I, I really want to watch it. Why, why is it the, good though, Matt? Well, I mean, first it's got the animation style that like that they use for Spider Verse, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it it obviously doesn't look exactly like that because Spider Verse has its own kind of like yeah. you know comic book things to tie from, um, but it's it's. I love seeing something that has that hark back to 2D animation because really at the moment, if you want 2D animation, you're kind of looking at obviously the Japan animation industry and kind of like there's very little that's over here that has the Western sensibilities that you can get. Whereas this is still 3D animation, but it's got all of that kind of 2D plane sort of work. Um, and this is probably the comedy sort of animated film that I've watched where I've consistently laughed at least kind of like every four or five minutes all the way through. And obviously Lord and Miller are very good at that, although it should be noted that they are just the producers on this. It's directed by, I think it's like this guy's first kind of film that he's done. Um, you wouldn't tell. It's really, really good. But yeah, it's, it's a family road trip movie basically, but it's the robot apocalypse, which I think is kind of all you really need to know about it. Um, but very, very funny all the way through. You've got kind of like Danny McBride is the dad and Maya Rudolph is the mum. Uh, Olivia Coleman is the villain of the whole thing. Ooh. So exceptionally good, uh, voice cast. Um, Eric Andre is also in there as kind of like a proper Silicon Valley tech bro. Um, so, so some real good kind of like hitters, but as the kind of selling point, like obviously I don't want to tell you everything that happens through it there is a bit with a giant furby that is effectively like an elder god oh my god it's like it goes proper weirdly eldritch for a moment and that i think is just the selling point that you need for what is otherwise like a really pacey (laughs) really fun kind of family comedy romp and at least just like a normal family or are they like the incredibles are they like Pa- no, no powers or anything or very very normal it's and that, that's kind of what i like about it it's it's got a slight kind of like i think depending on what kind of childhoods you might have more hatred for the dad it's very much a case of dad and daughter dad's never really given any shit about the daughter and the daughter's very much of the the tiktok generation you know likes making kind of like little films and and like putting them to youtube and stuff like that and he doesn't get that kind of world um, so I suppose if you had a dad that didn't give a shit about what you did, like you might have less of an interest in his character. But um, overall, kind of like there is like a really fun kind of dynamic that runs through the film. Um, and, and yeah, kind of like they don't have superpowers. It's not it's, you know, just because the animation link is there to Spider-Verse, it's not that kind of film it is very much just a set of four people bumbling through the robot apocalypse. Nice. What, what, what I, is it out on, by the way? It's Netflix. It's Netflix. Oh, yeah. damn. I did not know that. Yeah, it's part yeah, of the... You know, they've got this thing where they're doing, like, it's a new film every week, I think, is what Netflix are trying to put out at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So it's part of that. Oh. I think, yeah, it came out last week on Netflix, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And like you said, like, everyone I've seen who's watched it has just been, like, saying it's the best thing they've seen yeah. all year, pretty much. Is it so. part... Is it part of the deal? Because I know Sony has just, like, signed a new thing with Netflix, right? So mm. Spider... Yeah, it might verse 2 etc will be all on Netflix after they've been in cinemas mm-hmm. I might watch that 
this weekend because it sounds like a treat. It's like nice and joyous. I've been watching a little. I just finished Mad Men again on my rewatch. I managed within the space of a month. Managed to do it all. Very proud of myself. Started The Sopranos again last night just because. I just want good st- stuff. I know is great, you know. Hey, uh, like Dave and, and I, also I watch- did Fast and Furious. We've only got one Mission Impossible left, and then we're going to move on to Born. So mm. he said stuff that you know is great. Hey, no, don't oh, like okay. don't do this to me, Tam. I'm too into the nah. familiar. Like, come on, Tam. Oh. I know. Don't I was speaking me, mainly. I was speaking mainly about Born. <laughs> oh, yeah, you fair. have a weird dislike of Born, and we're not going to go into it now. It's, just, it's like it's like we the, don't have the time. It's like the white bread of we don't movies. have the time. It's <laughs> like well, if, if 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 it was a retail store, it would be Primark. Old old <laughs> Primark. No, no, no. I take that back. It's Matalan. Like it's just dry. It's just that so is, dry. It's that like, is oh a my poor, God. poor opinion. But um, I'll let you have it. I'm, I'll because back Tam. I'm not a big fan of Bourne. I don't think I've Why seen a Bourne. I haven't go. seen a Lucy, Bourne. We st- oh, for God's sake. All right. the, best, well, the best part is that you hit someone in the face with a book. That's what every, everything everything that people remember about Bourne is like he no, hits it people isn't. with a book. The Clive Owen scene, the first one's incredible. Oh. Um, but yeah, the first one, if you haven't watched them though, it may surprise you how dated the first one feels, Lucy. Like, look, the music look, choices. Look, look. I watched Miss- Mission Impossible oh, 2 last week, okay? You don't have to tell <laughs> oh, yeah. me fair, about dated movies. Enough. Also, I but love it's how. It's still I, a very good film. I love how you're desperately trying to move on, but then you are like, I must, I must protect yeah, Bond. <laughs> I must defend. must protect Matt Damon at all costs. Uh, he doesn't need protection. Uh, fun fact about Matt hands? Damon, uh, he said he wouldn't be in the Bourne Supremacy game because he felt that video games were too violent. My man who plays Jason. Born said video games were too violent. Just leave Matt Damon out. Of it. I do have Suck a, a fart, Matt Damon. I do have a question because I thought that uh, Jeremy Renner was in Mission in Born, but then he appeared yeah, in Mission Impossible. In yeah. Is it a similar? No, he's role? in the Born Legacy. Okay. Does he play Jason Born? Kind of a, He's a spin-off one. It's it's it's. I'm not gonna... What is the fucking special services just spinning off their own agents? You can't do <laughs> well, that. Well, there's Treadstone, right? We're not going to go into the whole <laughs> born law because Lucy's going to find it all out for herself. I'm excited. But I'll update good you. Good films. Good, like the core ones are good films. Remains to um, be seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, should we do a quiz? Because I'm, I'm bored of this Matt Damon slander. You know, slander. Yeah. We'll have him on. Have his say. Inside. It's a UK IGN crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside. I got a question for you. Hold up the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Inside. I've you love to that a jingle. Lot of I garage in love my that lifetime, jingle. So I know, I know, I know a garage voice. <laughs> um, endless search. I suppose that means. Uh, I've really got a smooth transition. I'm still reeling actually from the Matt Damon stuff I'm hearing right now because I like Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt <right>. um, Damon. <laughs> oh, that hasn't been heard in about twenty years. <laughs> um. <laughs> still funny though isn't it? <laughs> um, anyway I've got a quiz here it's a game we've played before and it was originally sent in by Mr Dave Wood it is I think we called it what they been in or what I think it's actually what they known for mm-hmm. um, it's the IMDB oh. game where I've got nine actors and actresses like here one. you can have three each and you have to tell me what are the biggest like the top four films that are highlighted on their IMDB 
profile. <laughs> they're sometimes selected at random. They're sometimes absolute bullshit. But that's <laughs> the fun of the game. You never know what these films are going to be. There's numbers one to nine, and you're going to take turns uh-huh. at picking one to nine, and those are going to be the three actors or actresses you get Mm. one point for out of four for how many you get right simple should be a bit of fun and we're gonna go ladies first lucy james one to nine who do you want i like eight please number eight is mr tom hanks oh a lot of films there for tom hanks of films okay uh forrest gump forrest gump is it's there. You've got a point. Um, Wait, is, this, is this in the top four, did you say? Like the little box. Yeah, so you've got four. Okay. You get four guesses, and how many out of four you get is the amount of points you get. Okay, okay, okay. So these are the ones that it says they're known for. So Saving Private Ryan. That is there. That's two out of two so far. Um, two more for the Hanks. One of my favourite Simpsons jokes of all time is the Otum Shank uh, <laughs> joke in the cinema. That always... I never fail to laugh at that. You've got mail. That is not there, but, I, you know, uh, sometimes you got to go for those slightly outside bets. Uh, Whether you thought that was an outside bet, I'm just assuming. <laughs> I've forgotten the name of it. What's the creepy Christmas one where he's on the train, the train conductor? <laughs> uh... I genuinely have forgotten the name of that movie. I mean, that is mad that your your mind's going to that film next for Tom Hanks, but that's fine. Oh, oh Zemeckis wait, no, no, classic. No, 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 no. <laughs> because I didn't say the name; it doesn't count. Castaway. Castaway's there, so okay. rescued a third point there. Mm. So that's three out of four. That's good going. If you're getting you. three, you're doing very well. Um, the other one was big. Ah, oh, so really? I was, big. I was I was gonna go with the Green Mile. Like I didn't. Yeah, it's mm. not there. The lot. He, lot of films prolific prolific well, that's so that thing, is a great st- because i wanted to do the weird ones you know just in case because yeah. he's had such a varied and long career but that's the thing sometimes they're obviously sometimes they are weird but that's three points for loose that's a great solid start i don't think we've ever had a four out of four we've had a Ooh. few threes but um next up we're going matt next i'm going clockwise around my screen that's what i'm doing uh so you can't have eight anymore oh i'll take two please simon Two is Mr. Jim Carrey. Oh. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless again. Mind. Just let me get up his IMDb page. I believe Have, have you not there. got these pre prepped? <laughs> I have a lot going on. I had a meeting that finished three minutes before the start of this podcast, okay? Um, Eternal Sunshine is there, though, and what a film that a is. A 10 out of 10 film. Oh, yes. Um, the Cable Guy. It's not there. Ooh. It's not there. But <laughs> it's a lovely shout for the cable guy. <laughs> the thing is, is like these don't make sense. There is no rhyme exactly. or reason. So I'm there's just not a lot of logic. Thinking. What I will say is sometimes they make complete sense. <laughs> um, People shouting at home. They're shouting. Yeah. I don't know what they're shouting. I'd <laughs> probably speed this up. <laughs> <laughs> stuff this. <laughs> I was just <laughs> what's that poetry realized... about the dead air on BBC yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Carrey Mr. Jim yeah. Carrey 
Is uh, I've just realised like I genuinely can't remember which Batman he's in. And now he's um, having market to... Ontario. I'm oh, just pick, facts pick now. the worst one. Do you know so, what the worst Batman, Batman and Robin? Then <laughs> he's not in that one. No, and that's <laughs> not there. That's not. You've got you've got one more guess. I know, man. I've got one more. Um, a point. I'm just going to go wild then and go. I mean, this is one of my. I really like this film, which is Lemony Snicket's A Series of Fort- Unfortunate it's, Events. It's, it's not there. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. You only got one point. There's some big films here. The Mask, of course. Oh, Bruce Almighty. Oh. And Ace Ventura oh. Pet Detective. Mm-hmm. One point for Matt, but it's still salvageable. You've still got two more to go there. So, uh, Tam, for your first one, you, anything except two and eight? Uh, five. I swear, if I get someone like. My movie knowledge is shit, so if I get like Timothy Chalamet or something, <laughs> I'm just going to say I don't the, know. They're all big actors, okay? But you okay. have got Mr. Joaquin Phoenix. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> Great actor, uh, Academy Award winner. Uh, oh, oh, once again, just let me get the. How are you not got these? I'm getting them. Pre- I'm getting them prepped next time. <laughs> Joker's not there. What? <laughs> Gladiator. Gladiator is there. Good shout. Those are all the Joaquin Phoenix movies that I know. <laughs> I'm I'm being a hundred percent. I cannot tell you oh, any more Joaquin Phoenix movies. That is it. Le- Letting my boy down. Just uh, name some films he might have been in. The Matrix. <laughs> He's not in The Matrix, no. Uh, 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 Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> Imagine. If he was. He's not in that... Uh, if, if he is in it, it's not one of the ones he's known for. Mm. The Lord um, of the Rings, two Don't towers. do this. Uh, the other ones you could have had were Walt the Line... Mm. Not seen that film. Her, mm. not seen that. Film. And the Master, mm. not seen that. Absolute masterpiece. It's a shame for you, but you still got one. So you know, not all is lost. But Lucy, three How points. How is Joker Matt not on there? What? The f- He's not known for it, mate. <laughs> Come on, um, Lucy. Anything apart one to nine, but no two, five, or eight. Um, I will take seven, please. You have got Miss Sandra Bullock. Okay. Why couldn't I have that one? Speed. <laughs> speed. Speed is... You get a point for speed. Say it, Lucy. You know the one. Miss, Say it. Miss Congeniality. No. That's there. Number two. You've got two. Demolition Man. It's not there. <laughs> I respect it, though. Um, I respect it. <laughs> crash. Is not there either, mm. but you've got you've got, got two, two there. The other two you could have had were Gravity oh. and The Proposal. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's two points. That means you've got five points. There's some catching up from Matt and Tam to do here, but it's all doable. It's all very doable. Um, so you can now choose between one, three, four, six, and nine. I'll take nine, Mister Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. Oh. That's actually deceptively hard. Yeah. Because <laughs> you probably know loads of them, but... He's had different errors as the well. Algorithm like the algorithm's going to pull, yeah, like... Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's Terminator 2, then. It's not there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Try again. See, now I... Now I, I <laughs> He's lost I've got the option of even... <laughs> I could go through all of the fucking Terminator films go now. Full or I could just, go full or, chaos. Go full chaos. Take all the weirdest movies. <laughs> Um, 
Predator. Predator is there. You've got one. You've got one. True Lies. I'm sorry. What? Not there. That's a great one. Guess. One more guess. It's got a lot of big films, though. To be yeah. fair, it's got a lot. Commando. It's not there. I'm sorry. Pumping iron. It's pumping iron there. No, you oh. have Predator, The Terminator, just the Terminator one, uh, oh, oh, the Last oh, Action geez. Hero, what, and and the Sixth Day. <laughs> <laughs> the Sixth Day. <laughs> That's another point for Matt. Uh, catching up to do, but as I say, it's always doable. Um, Tam, hmm. you can now choose between one, three, four, and six. I'd have a three, please, Simon. You can have. Angelina Jolie. There we go, lads. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider is not there. <laughs> Gone in sixty seconds. Is not there. Are you joking? Right, let's go. Let's go. The Bone Collector. <laughs> Well, it's not there, but I appreciate the bone collector turning up, as you do normally. You know, if you need bones collected. Uh, uh, Angelina Jolie, what else is she in? Um, come on. Eternals! <laughs> no, I'm sorry, it's, it's it's no points there. But here's the list of films you could have had it. Could have had it? Could have had. You could have had Wanted... Oh. You could what? Have had yeah. Maleficent. Uh. Oh my god. Girl Interrupted. Mm. And Changeling. What? So, some good films there. Some All so the films, films no there. one cares about. <laughs> I remember really liking Changeling when it came out. I wonder if it's not very good now. Uh, but there you Is go. that the one she directed? It's Clint Eastwood directed. Is it Eastwood? Yeah. Um. I like Girl Interrupted, though. Wanted's a bit of stupid fun, isn't it? I don't know. Is it better is. than The Bone Collector, though? I, I don't know, because that is Denzel, and it's always going to be good, isn't it? Mm. Uh, so, three more to go. Lucy with five points, Matt with two, Tam with one. Lucy can, if Lucy gets two here, she's just won it already. This is great stuff. Uh, you can have one, four, or six. I'll take a four, please, Simon. <laughs> Quick You've four, got please. Here we go. Mr. Michael B. Jordan. Ooh, okay. Uh, Black Panther. You can have... That is not Black there, Panther. Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> that is a point for Black Panther. Um, Creed. Creed is there. She's already won the game, but... Uh, it's impressive stuff to see, isn't it? <laughs> what's the movie that he did and there was a lot of fire... <laughs> um, I think I know the one you're talking about. I can see about. the poster. There's a lot of fire. Wasn't he a fireman or something? Creed 2. <laughs> Creed 2's not there, no. <laughs> I don't know what the final one wait, wait. Oh, it's gonna. I, I can't remember. My mind's gone blank. Say a film. Harold and Kamar <laughs> go to Heat. It's not heat. He's I not, know it's not heat. Not heat no. But what is that film called? I think called? you're thinking of Fahrenheit yes. uh, 451. Yes, right? I was. Uh, it, that's not on there, though. No. Um, What's that Tom but, Clancy movie he's in? Isn't he in the yeah. Tom Clancy oh, movie uh, 
yeah, and no, without remorse mm-hmm. on yeah. Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, the other ones you could add though were Fruitvale Station. Uh, it's a great film, and also Fantastic Four. I was going to say oh Fantastic my God, Four. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot uh, he was a he was another actor who was brought up from the ruins of Fantastic Four movies. <laughs> yeah. We all have to be. That is seven points for Lucy. It does mean that Matt and Tam are now playing for second place. Matt on what? Two points. Tam Matt, you on can one. have it. <laughs> two actors left. <laughs> now, this, this, this could decide it all though. Do you want two very different performers here? You've got one or six. What do you want? One. Vin Diesel. Oh! I can't help but feel like both of these would have worked out better if they were the swapped, but that's the joy of the game because the thing is now it, fuck, this is a Timothy Chalamet, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> this is another one of these where it's like there are what nine fantastic, sorry, Fast Furious films now. Furious films. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like which mm. one of them is it going to? Because fucking choosing them at random. That is, that is very true. Oh, the fate of the Furious. <laughs> that is not there, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a bold play, though. I'm just, I'm just, just to get it out of there, fa- the Fast and the Furious, is that yeah, on there? The first yes. one is there. The Fast we and the Furious is there. One point. Is Chronicles of Riddick on there? That is not, sadly. What? what? You've got How many, what have I got? I've got one more guess, or? Yeah. Dude, you got you got to guess the big one. <laughs> Triple X. No. Triple X is there. Oh, he's there. <laughs> Triple X is there. Is Guardians there? For Matt. Guardians is there. Is okay. And the other one you could have was Fast and Furious Seven. Oh. So. Well, which is hang on, but like Fast Eight is the more dom oriented. Okay. But it doesn't matter. Take out with take out with the international movie database. That is what IMDb stands for, isn't it? <laughs> I assume so. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, so that's four points to Matt and one to Tam. Tam mm. needs three here to tie. Mm. And there's only one person left. Um, Rachel McAdams. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which of the ginger-haired women that is in Hollywood. Blonde! And she's all start. Yeah, she's uh, Man of Steel, is that her? Rachel McAdams. Mean Girls. Yes, that is. That Let's is one. go. Got a point. She's wearing the bright red lipstick. That's the only thing I remember. So you don't know. Who, you do know who she is. I can, I, that is it? it. I cannot tell you any more Rachel McAdams movies. Uh. uh Harold and Kamal <laughs> go to White Castle. <laughs> Please tell me she's in it. <laughs> no, but, uh, mate. Like next time you're on, I'm definitely putting either Harold or Kumar on this list. <laughs> the funny thing is, I couldn't tell you any more movies. Those two. I've not even seen Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> uh, One more. Uh, mean Girls, the Snyder Cut. <laughs> It's not there. That's a point for Tam. Uh, sadly, in last place, uh, the other Rachel McAdams films she could have had were The Notebook. I'll give you the most famous. Uh, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I forgot about that. And Do you even remember Red she was Eye. in that? What is that? Red Eye's a good film. Oh, though. is that one with Killian Murphy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's 
good thriller on a plane. You might like it. Uh, there we go. A resounding victory for Lucy. Many congrats. Uh, fun had by all. Now should we do some feedback? I've got the first one. It's a very brief one from Gavin Tan who says, Hi chaps and Lucy. Obviously you didn't know Lucy was going to mm-hmm. be here, but I assume he's saying hello to you. He might not. Might not like wow. him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, acceptable enough. Yeah. Uh, I know this is a week late, but I just wanted to say that special effects may be able to help with one-handed gaming. They have a few different one-handed solutions and can even lend equipment free of charge if you live in the UK. Hope this helps. Thanks, Gav. That is always good because uh, I think it was a couple of weeks now we had a listener write in who says they're currently suffering from an issue, means they can only play games one-handed. And yeah, special effects are definitely, uh, they do mm-hmm. incredible mm-hmm. work. And it's always great stuff to see what they're doing and yeah, get in touch if you do want any help because they're there for it. That's what they do. <laughs> I think we can all agree they're a they're great, great charity. They, they are, are great. Yeah. They do incredible work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tam, you've got the next piece. This comes from Zachary Young, who says, Hi all, hope you're well. I've been listening to the podcast for a while, but this is my first time writing in. The reason I have now decided to write in is because I have no more than five minutes ago played through the section of Resident Evil 8 hinted at on last week's episode. It's fair to say after experience, after experiencing that section, I am now a quivering wreck. I found it to be the most scary thing I have experienced in a video game since PT. I even let out a little yelp of terror whilst playing that part and after I had to put the controller down for a bit. Keep up the good work. It is always a pleasure to listen to the podcast. By the way, fish and chips are most definitely a proper meal and not a snack. To say otherwise is not very respectful to the sea, the home of the fish, and we are all about respecting the sea here. Cheers, we are all about Zachary. Sea. Let's address that first point. Everyone knows fish and chips is a meal. Yeah. It's only Jesse oh, yeah. Gomez who thinks it's not a proper meal. Who's eating fish and chips as a snack? That is <laughs> mad. Come on. Like... Fish and chips is like enough for it's two It's one of meals. the most filling meals yeah. you can get. It's massive. It's carbs and carbs and carbs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, I didn't listen to last week's podcast, so I'm assuming Jesse had some mad opinions last week. This like this was only brought up about two years ago. It's one of the worst first. Oh, I know in the office. Things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was brought up last week that he doesn't think fish and chips is deserving of a meal status. Um, but yeah, we did also talk about. Uh, the section in Resi 8 that I've heard a lot about. I haven't Ooh, played it's it. Good. I, I've played a good... I'm near the end of Resident Evil. I have no idea what this section is. So, okay. I played I this know, last night. Yeah. I is didn't it, actually find it that scary. Is it? Is it... Does it involve being... Is it... Does it involve a child? The whole... Yes. I mean... And a fuse. Yeah, it's, okay, it's the yeah. fuse bit. So, I played this the other oh, day. Okay. And um, I played it at like 10 o'clock at night. And I was feeling bold, lights off, headphones on. That bit freaked me out and I fully screamed. But there, there's a thing in the bit, in the, and I, like, I had to text Dave and apologize, but he was, had his headphones in here. Um, but what I did was there's a bit in that section where there's a bed that you can hide under. Mm-hmm. And I texted Kurt, who, um, not only do I work with, but I'm his boss. I texted him. I'm hiding under the bed and may never come out because someone else on our team was like, when you get to this bit, you should talk to Kurt. Um, I had changed my number and Kurt did not have my new number. So he just received (laughs) a text. Also, he had just moved into a new apartment. (laughs) A text from an unknown number saying, I'm hiding under the bed, I may never come out. (laughs) 
<laughs> like that would freak you out quite yeah. a bit. Too. Also, my follow-up contains spoilers, but the follow-up did not make it any more reassuring. Um, <laughs> and so I, he just like waited for a little bit, and then dot dot dot. Who is this? I was like, I'm so sorry, it's me. I thought I messaged to just move my number over, but apparently not. But anyway, yeah. I, that, about this section, Matt, this morning in our morning meeting, you said you actually just laughed through it. Well, that, yeah, so that's the thing. After I, I will, did that, I was just laughing throughout the rest of it. I will point out that, like, obviously everybody's scared of different things. Like, yeah. we spoke a few months ago about the fact that, like, the exorcist fucking petrifies me, and I know that lots of people find it funny. Um, but for me, I think this section is set up so incredibly well, and I can see why if this freaks you out. Because while I was laughing at it, I was just like, these devs know exactly what they're doing, because the things that you have to do to get through that section are very, very attuned to make it as frightening as possible. But I think the actual thing that you are facing in that is so, so strange yeah. that I just thought it was very, very funny. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I think the I, telegraphing in Village is a lot... I don't know if it's just because I've been playing games for so long now that you can sort of see through the cracks a little bit, but I found the encounter to be very, very telegraphed. It's like, as mm-hmm, soon as yeah. I saw that there's a, a loop that you can do, I think in any room where I can see there's some crates in the middle or some kind of obstacle in the middle, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get jumped here and i'll lead people around and i'll you know and so in that section in particular i saw what i had to do and i was like yeah all right i know what's coming but then even even then it still scared me yeah i play survival horror games like in the way in a way that is just like i'm sure if i explained it to a developer they'd just be like this guy's a party pooper and we hate him like i go meticulously search every environment as soon as i get there and build like a mental map and by doing that i kind of I factor in all the variables. So the moment that thing appeared, I was like, I know exactly what I need to do here. Mm. And I was just gone. And I was like running rings around it and just doing it. And by the time I was done, like it didn't even register as a, I barely looked at it. I looked at it once and I was like, that's weird. And then moved <laughs> over my life. <laughs> I was like, it didn't even register. That's what people tend there's to been, do when they yeah. see me, I think. Aww. That's the thing with Resi, <laughs> Resi, Resi 8 has like, there's been nothing so far that scared me. And that's one of my biggest disappointments about it. Like Resident Evil 7, even when it, when you understand the mechanics of Jack Baker, that dude is terrifying. Like, he's still a threat always. Mm. Um, whereas Resident Evil 8, like, they're just, like, uh, there's been nothing that I've been like, oh god, at all. I'm just been, which is slightly. You just can't, you upset. can't scare Uncle Cherry like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Cherry's seen it all. <laughs> oh, god. oh dear, that's unpleasant, isn't it? Lucy, do you want to read the next one? Yeah, this is from CJ in Nebraska. Hey guys, hope you're well and staying healthy and sane. The last few months I felt like I've been in a gaming fugue state of sorts. I cannot find a game that really grabs my attention or that I'm excited about. I keep trying games, hoping one will click with me, but no luck so far. Even games I've played before and tried playing again are not sticking with me. Have you all ever had a similar experience of being in a gaming funk? And if so, how did you get out of it? Also, fish and chips is absolutely a meal. Every town bar in my home state of Nebraska has a version of fish and chips on their menus under entree, and we aren't exactly known for our fish here. Keep up the good work and respect the sea. Mm, respect the sea. C, C uh, was capital S as well. That's how much respect CJ put on it. Exactly. It, I think we should start a petition to give the sea and indeed ocean proper nouns. Mm. Mm. I'd, 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 I'd sign. I can get behind people. that. I'd sign. I can get behind yeah. that. Um, I've got behind lesser <laughs> campaigns. I think we've all been in that place where, especially when you 
say have to or just play games as much as we do there are times i felt it anyway where you just don't feel like playing or nothing's sticking mm. like no, you try like 10 games in two weeks you're like oh, i've played half an hour of these and nothing sticks i've done that a lot i feel like mass effect has come along at a great time for me for that because i was just playing a lot of warzone and fifa the last like month i was just like i just need something i can tune out to mm-hmm. and not concentrate on but mass effect has come along and saved me um but i've been doing a lot of things I think recently that just I know a great like Mad Men on the Sopranos and just yeah stuff I know it's great and I can just enjoy like and don't have to really use my brain much for because like, my brain's withering. <laughs> well, it's weird. So I was in I was in a similar thing and obviously recently I've been moving and doing all that stuff and coming back to the UK and so I've actually had a bit of a similar thing with gaming and so I started reading and so um, yeah yeah books. <laughs> Um, and so that's kind of kick-started my attention span a bit because it's it's something different. And so now that I've sort of been into uh, reading Elantris by Brandon Sanson, which is very good, and then I've kind of like now excited to just sort of use my mental energy and actual energy on other things too. It's weird because I haven't I hadn't read a book for over a year because I well I read a couple but like. I just have. You've only just learned. I've only just learned, <laughs> and it's taken me a while. But no. Next up, the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, and so it's, it's like I don't know. It it just kind of feels like kickstarted it in a way because I wasn't doing it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good opportunity to. That usually means like you're. It's not just games. Like you probably should take the opportunity to try and experience. For me, it's always like going to comic books. Like I always, when I find like games are not hitting for me, I'll go to comic books or like Lisa said, reading, um, or, or a TV show. And anime is great. Like I need some, for me, it's like when that happens, it's usually because it's not, I'm going to borrow a Marie Kondo here, but replace the word joy with wonder. And like it's not sparking wonder for me. And I find that happens when I play a lot of games that are similar. Like if I play too many first person shooters, for example, I start to, they all start to blend together. I'm like, I don't really care about any of this anymore. And because we live in a world where every second new game is a first person shooter, if it's not doing something drastically different, like then I'm just like, whatever about it. Um, and like Valorant is scratching that itch because it's, it's like, it's a first person shooter, but there's a climb for me there. Um, but like uh, comics and, and, uh, anime, for example, by their very nature, they are so weird and they're so different and there's so much variety that you will always find something to spark that wonder. And I feel like that rejuvenates you and brings you back to games and you can enjoy things again. Alternatively, might I suggest playing a little video game called Bloodborne because that <laughs> shit is absolutely popping. Like no matter when you play that game, it feels great. Always sparking Uncle, wonder. Uncle Cherry's seal oh, of approval. Bloodborne. Two Cherry approval that. <laughs> <laughs> only two is that maximum though is that's maximum like yeah. One or two? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah okay cool uh yeah there we go good answers unless you've got anything to say Matt have you been funking with games any funky no, games no. to be quite honest over lockdown I've only been able to play games which is to the detriment of everything else because my attention span is so shot mm. that mm. it's either so obviously games are constantly holding your attention because you're having to be a lot more active with it I found like I am well known for reading a lot of comics and I have not read, I think I've read like 16 issues of anything over the last year. Um, TikTok is now what I TikTok's idea to. TikTok's ruined me. Yeah. TikTok yeah, is, a, I think it, problem, as man. much as I love TikTok, I genuinely think it has ruined my attention span. I 
I think I, if you could plot a graph from when I started using TikTok to now, it's, yeah, it's upsetting. Yeah. But it's funny, though. It's funny. It's very, it's very funny. I find but, it upsetting that that's now the most famous TikTok because I, I have very big soft spot for TikTok from uh, The Return, Return to, to Oz. Oz. Yeah, I uh, loved him when I was a kid. Fantastic <laughs> robot. Uh, terrifying film, but um, lovable character. And I just want to, when's the big TikTok resurgence? Uh, for the mechanical robot. I distinctly remember there was the moving image in London, uh, moving image museum in London. About 15 years ago now it closed, but um, for a while they had an exhibition, they had the actual TikTok robot in there, mm. and I got to meet him, and <laughs> oh! <laughs> what a lot of emotions I got to wind him, him up. <laughs> yeah. No wheelers, though. The wheelers can go in the bin. I hate those things. Um, Return to Oz is a terrifying kids film. If you haven't watched it, I would recommend it completely. Uh, it was on Netflix not so long ago. Oh. I watched it on Netflix, like I, I say not so long ago, like two or three years mm-hmm. ago now, so it's probably not there anymore. Yeah. But it's okay. very good. You made a face there, Lucy, like you've never even heard of Return to Oz. Um, I haven't, and then just as you were saying that, there was a terrifying like bang sound from upstairs, but Dave is at the gym, so I'm perturbed. Oh. <laughs> the wheelers are here. Actually, you'd hear the wheels. Um, they I'll shriek as well. The wheelers. Oh, thanks, later, mate. Later. Yeah, they're awful. Uh, anyway, we've got one more <laughs> piece of feedback. Matthew. Yeah, this is from Thomas B, who says, I've been holding off playing Finnish Studio Remedy's most recent game, Twin Peaks Simulator Control, until I was able to play it on next gen. I've now finally snagged me a newfangled PS5, so I've booted up the game, and lo and behold, I met... Is it Artie, the, the janitor? Is that your friend? Yeah. Played by popular Finnish actor, Marty Suosalo. I'm... Sorry, I'm not finished, so... Um, Now, I suppose his dialogue is supposed to seem like a whole load of gibberish to most players. Yes. Um, However, as a Finn, I recognise that his dialogue was very much an inside joke. They are Finnish sayings delivered in the most stereotypical accent that would would kind of make sense in context, but absolutely do (laughs) not make sense when directly translated to English. For instance, I can tell you're not a yesterday's grouse's son means I can tell you're pretty smart. And to run with one's head as their third leg obviously means to rush somewhere. Catching these bits of dialogue made my enjoyment of control even greater. So my question to you guys is, would be, have you noticed any details in any form of media that felt like an inside joke that you've been privy to and they have affected your experience? Cheers, Thomas. I remember when just before control came out i was lucky enough to visit remedy like they pointed that out and uh that he's saying like you, like i remember them saying like you don't know what he's on about do you i was like no not at all i was like oh he's actually those are finished like proverbs that he's saying mm-hmm. and i did find that cool that they're just like there's there is that extra layer of stuff for someone like thomas who knows what that's on about i'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything like that i feel like there's like maybe you get it more with comedy like some jokes will just fly over your head like i find it with like when there's like sports references and things that i can like nod along to that other people miss like distinctly in like the last season of kirby infusers and there's a whole like i'm a new york jets fan and there's a whole episode about basically a terrible decision the jets made which in hindsight uh it's about the quarterback deshaun watson which in hindsight is not a terrible decision uh if you know what's going on in his life at the moment but um there's oh, a whole Simon, episode i do do you? No. I'm not. I'm not going to go into it because it's just not very nice, and it's all allegedly, all allegedly. Um, but anyway, there's a whole episode of Confusion, basically, where one of Larry David's friends um, is a Jets fan and basically kills himself because of the Jets. Um, oh my gosh! Which 
it's 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 a funny episode because oh, it's 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 very very up to it. <laughs> yeah but um it, it does it in a very funny way Kemikism is absolute genius. If you haven't watched that, I'd recommend it completely. But um, yeah, it's more like inside jokes. I think I can't remember like games is the top. I can't remember seeing something in a game and being like, "Oh, that's that's just for me." Um, um, I don't know. I I have not, and I won't go too much into it, other than to say. Actually, no. I was going to say like I don't know. This is this to tie it back to. Um, the kind of Finnish element that Thomas we mm. talked about that's that's tying into culture right and tying into nationality and sadly uh, I'm from a culture and nationality that is criminally underrepresented in video games so there's no inside jokes and anytime that anything remotely relevant is represented it's done incorrectly and in a way that's offensive so mm-hmm. I'll leave it at I know that, that in some of the stuff of Kamala and Avengers, I know that you appreciate. Yeah, there's, bit. there's. I was gonna say that the main is getting better. The like, uh, the Kamala stuff is amazing. Um, she calls her dad Abu, which is you know, um, it's what I call my dad. And there's the the stuff with her is real good. There's small elements of representation like Anna in Overwatch and Farah in Overwatch. There's that kind of stuff, but none of it's an inside joke or it's just like oh they've just. Like I, as much as I love the stuff that they do with Kamala, it's the bare minimum. Like you yeah, just yeah. use the the Urdu Punjabi or the you know South Asian word for mother, which is like. Also, up. that's already outlined for them in the comic, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. that it's done better elsewhere. Yeah. Like Miss Marvel, that whole that whole series, fantastic. Like that's probably mm-hmm. the best representation of Pakistani Muslims in in a long, long time. Outside of that. I like Zaid because he's a badass brown dude uh, in Mass Effect, <laughs> but is he a good person? Probably not. Mm. When when is Uncle Cherry's time to shine? When Uncle Cherry be Uncle Cherry in games? Put Uncle Cherry. Put Uncle Cherry in next Hollow Knight. Team Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start that petition as well. Uh, Lucy, anything? Um, anything? I know like a couple of jokes in games because like devs off the record will sort of tell you like oh this was a reference to that but i think the one that really springs to mind is if you think of like season two and three of arrested development where they're on the verge of getting cancelled and they're talking about things like (laughs) oh we went to the home builders home builder ownership or whatever it is and they passed and then you know they kind of tell the joke about them getting cancelled in real life and then there's the the voiceover where it's please tell your friends about this show and so i like stuff like that but then i don't know you get he can go too far the other way with stuff like Borderlands where everything's like a reference and so I do know in Control there they reference so speaking of Finnish is uh when you go to the foundation because um, you're looking for Artie and uh there's a there's a sound effect they use which is like reeds and it's because in uh Finnish in Finland they go to saunas a lot and they use the reeds and so that's why that sound mm. effect is there when you're kind of hunting for him because it's kind of insinuated mm-hmm. that he's just gone on a little jolly. <laughs> but yeah. It's a, what, what a great game that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anything to add, Matt? Or are we... um, so not so much as like, those are all like really good sort of in-depth analysis, whereas the only thing I can think of, like 
the someone at Naughty Dog that definitely plays Warhammer. Yeah. Because <laughs> in uh, in The Last of Us Two, there are there's like a shop that you go to, which is effectively like has got a Games Workshop display mm-hmm. in it. And there's a house that you go into where there's a Warhammer game that has been in progress, and you can tell it's like it's definitely based on 40k second edition because of the way the models are set up and stuff. So that obviously speaks to me, but that's obviously more of an Easter egg rather than like a layered in joke. Yeah, that's that actually reminds me of one small thing. Like the there's an Overwatch artist I can't remember his name. Um, he's one of the main character artists, or was I don't know if he's still there, but. Um, when Daniel Dwyer did like a his documentary on Overwatch uh, for GameSpot, they had like loads of shots of his desk, and this character artist's desk was just lined top to bottom with One Piece figures. And when you know that one of the key character artists likes One Piece, you can see the inspiration on Overwatch's characters immediately. So like that's really cool. I can draw lines between One Piece characters and. Um, Overwatch characters mm. and their kind of silhouettes and aesthetics, which is real good. Um, also, I just remember that time Lucy mentioned Blo- um, Bloodborne. I was going to say Borderlands. Remember when we played Borderlands all the way through, and then was it Lucy? You had an audio bug where it didn't play this this song at the end. Oh yeah, that Alicia yeah. Keys song, <laughs> <laughs> which was like the one good joke in the game that genuinely made me laugh. I forgot <laughs> like, about every, that. Everyone else didn't have it. Yeah. I, I, like, I remember me and time just sitting there laughing like, what is going on here? And Lisa was just like, what? what I don't going understand. On? What, what are you laughing at? I'm just looking it's at just credits. It's for you. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, good times. Uh, this was a lovely time as well. Yeah. I had a lovely time talking about Mass Effect, learning about mm-hmm. Mass Effect. I hope people that are looking forward to starting it today even learn a lot about Mass Effect. Um, mm. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more in the future, but not with you two because we're banned you know, now. There's only, yeah, we can't yeah. can't have you more than like once every six months because it gets a bit much. That's, isn't it? Mm, uh, that's but It's a lovely time. Uh, if you want to send in your feedback, do it at ign underscore uk feedback at ign dot com. Let us know if there's any like inside jokes in games or anything that uh, you've particularly loved. Uh, I'd love to hear that. Uh, send in your reviews for Harold and Camargo to White Castle. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll be, uh, we'll definitely be reading those. So if you send one of those in, you definitely will get read out on the air. Thank you. In so six much months' time that. when you're allowed back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll save those up for you. It's just gonna be an hour of you reading Harold and Kumar reviews, <laughs> release it as a podcast. Uh, right. Time to say goodbye, I think. Oh, we do need some music. Is there a particular Mass Effect banger? Ooh. Oh. Um, I, right. Su- Suicide Mission is good. Suicide Mission is good, but I will go on record by saying secretly the best song on the Mass Effect 2 soundtrack is Jacob, which is weird because I don't mm. actually really care for Jacob, but the song slaps. But I will say, can't go wrong with, um, like, just even the main theme from ME1. Yeah, the main theme. Su- uh, Suicide Mission We're going 2. for the main Mass Effect theme. We've been the Flapjack, the extended Flapjack squad. The family. <laughs> the family, the Flapjack family. It's turned into a bit of a cult now. We need mm. to watch this. Um, but anyway, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.